What's up? What's happening, everybody? We have a special edition of Thinking Logically today. Today, we welcome our special guest, Steve Kachanowski, a.k.a. The Cat, uh, one of our good friends from uh, here in Western Pennsylvania, classmate of uh, Joe's uh, from our high school. So, class of 03, <laughs> class of 03 that's right. Class of 03, baby. Trojans forever. <laughs> Steve, you're a you're a pretty well known guy in in uh, in Western PA and in, in, in uh, our circles and things like that. And uh, you know, like like myself, you are now a former Democrat. You know, I was looking up my Facebook memories the other day, and it it must have been like the 15th anniversary of Barack Obama's uh, inauguration because my Facebook memory all it said was Obama, and I was like, oh my gosh, how far have I come uh, from the time of being enamored with Barack Obama to now being uh, an America first MAGA patriot. So, Steve, you just made headlines. You left the Democratic Party. You were Democratic Party uh, operative, you know, um, I guess we can call it um, over the last several years. And you made the switch to the Republican Party. Tell people why you finally gave up on uh, Democrats. Well, part of the thing is, you know, the Democratic Party used to stand for people like us, people we grew up with, our grandparents, our parents in Beaver County. We used to stand for the mill jobs of working class people. And now the Democratic Party has become a party of coastal elitists that uh, from the New England region, whether it's California, whether it's New England, you know, they are not in touch with the everyday working class people. And they look down on working class people. They look down on the coal miners. They look down on the building trades in this country. Uh, that was a big one. You know, I watched a billion dollar steel plant here in Allegheny County. They were going to turn the Braddock Edgar Thompson works into a steel, into a green steel plant. And instead we had let people like Summer Lee run it out of here, uh, who also is part of the squad, part of this girl squad now, you know, in, in Congress. So, you know, I'm watching them take jobs. I, I worked in Washington County for a while and I watched them attack natural gas. I watched them so, you know, I, they're just not the party of working class people. They, they feel like if you work with your hands now, that you're not a real person anymore, that you're not, that it's not dignified, that you're not a member of our society anymore. If you don't have a master's degree in, I don't know, women's studies, you're not considered somebody who's a worthy cause anymore in the country. Um, you know, that's one of the big reasons. The other big reason is I looked and I saw you know, just like I was displeased in Barack Obama in 2012, a lot of people do know and some people don't know that I actually worked for Governor Mitt Romney's campaign in 2012 with Governor Romney and Paul Ryan and with uh, with Obama, against Obama in 12. And Biden is basically Obama on steroids. He's become Bernie Sanders light, in my opinion. Uh, you know, other than the war in Israel, you know, that's going on right now against Hamas, uh, he is really really moved to the left and that's not what he was elected on he was elected on i'm gonna change things i'm gonna unify the country and it's no more unified than it was when donald trump was in office i mean those are all great reasons you know uh, and i have my reasons as well very similar to yours and i can definitely uh, understand you know why you switched and there are literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other people just like us, Steve, that have, you know, seen the light, that have been cured of the woke mind virus, that have made the switch to the Republican Party. The Republican Party is much more, you know, kind of like the Democrat Party was 20, 30 years ago. So 
Uh, it definitely makes sense. And it's definitely scary to think about where the Democratic Party and where liberalism is leading us in this country as we head, you know, into the future. So it's uh, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of uh, a lot of question marks by people. And I think we could all see the writing on the wall where uh, this is going eventually. So uh, now what are you doing currently now in your your new job you're working for? A political is it action group or a political yeah a, a political education group i uh i'm a gra i work in grassroots uh right now with a group called americans for prosperity uh we're a political education group uh you know it's one of the groups that's funded by uh the, the Koch families um and, and you know we're out there we're talking to people about issues you know we're talking to people about inflation groceries gas prices what's affecting and what's hitting them in their pocket every day we see it. We see the cost of energy costs. Everybody I talk to, they're struggling. Seniors are afraid, especially in places like Allegheny County on the property tax reassessments that they're going to get priced out of their homes within the next couple of years, thanks to the leadership of Sarah Namrata and the Democrats in Allegheny County. You know, so that's what I see every day when I talk to folks every day. They're struggling. This crap that, you know, the economy is strong. We're at three percent unemployment. All you have to do is look at look at places like Pitts, downtown Pittsburgh. You know, it's not just there's there's a homeless problem, not just because of a drug addiction and, and because of mental health issues. But there's a homeless part problem because people can't afford to even pay rent to live in a one bedroom apartment in Allegheny County. You know, and, and it, it's a shame. You know, people are really struggling right now. We're trying to put on this. They're trying to put this rosy. Oh, look at the economy. It's so great. The stock market, this and that. And, you know, but when the reality is that's not everyday life. And the reality is that most people are struggling right now. Most people are struggling to get by. They've seen a 19% increase in their utilities, a 19%, 30% increase in their groceries. You know, I went to the store the other day, $33, and I got, you know, I got half a bag of groceries. You know, $33. Four years ago, five years ago, you could walk out with two, maybe even three bags of groceries worth of produce and stuff like that. You know, basically, you know, you look at stuff like even celery. Like I went to buy celery for soup yesterday. It was seven dollars for a stock of celery. Like, come on, man. Like, really? It's like two bucks normally. Yeah, I know you bring up a good points. Speaking of Allegheny County, Joe, I'll let you jump in here in a second. Speaking of Allegheny County, I know we've talked about it on this podcast before, but Sarah Inamorado in the progressive left has basically hijacked Allegheny County. And it just blows my mind to see this county where you and I both live. Joe's in a different county, but um, it, I, I'm, I'm honestly worried. For the first time, I, I do not want these progressive leftist policies coming into Allegheny County. I mean, there is, there, there's nowhere on earth that this, what, this blueprint works. Nowhere in America do progressive policies help people. Right. It, they're just destructive and they lead to bad outcomes. And it honestly worries me that, um, you know, what what road she's going to take Allegheny County down. So I don't I mean, know. look at her first appointment, Mark. Oh, her first appointment, she comes out in a jail board and she appoints for She appoints. First thing she does is she appoints people that are ahead of, you know, she has people from the abolitionist coalition on there. She has people that are leading the charge for changing jail, whatever the hell that means. Um, and, and, you know, she appoints somebody who was a convicted former felon. I mean, and now these are the people on the jail oversight board in Allegheny County. When is enough enough? You know, like 
And the main reason this is happening is not because of voters like you and me, Mark. We saw that. Joe Rocky came this close to winning the Allegheny County executive race here this time. But because the people in Squirrel Hill, these what we call, you know, we call the these what we would call these woke people or what we would call these elitists, they're they feel bad. So they elect Sarah to Murata because they feel like they owe it for for being where they are in life. So now they got to give it back. But they have no idea what reality is. They have no idea what real life is. They stay in their little bubbles. They don't talk to people of, of opposing views. And if they do, they talk to people. They, you know, obviously you and Joe are, are uh, obviously you guys are insurrectionists, right? So, you know, you know, so, you know, me even talking to you on this podcast right now probably makes me an insurrectionist. So, but, uh, you know, that's how these people think. It's, it's crazy. You're right. You're, you're exactly right. Joe? Okay, so speaking of that, we're going to get into it now. This is like being at the doctor's office. We give you the lollipop first, I guess. Now we're going to give you <laughs> all over the shop. But honestly, I look back at where I was politically 10, 20 years ago, and I was all for the endless wars. I thought we needed to be in Iraq and Afghanistan forever for, for safety. And I am at a totally different place politically now. I think that was all wasted. Um, so you could change over time, over years, even over a few months. So we got into a little spat about, I don't know, six, eight months ago. You blocked me on Twitter. And let's just go back over some of these and just see if you changed at all and any of your opinions. So the first one is of me quote tweeting Joe Biden. Joe Biden's tweet says, Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. It's from 2020. Vladimir Putin doesn't want me to be president. He doesn't want me to be our nominee. If you're wondering why, it's because I'm the only person in the field who's ever gone toe-to-toe with him. And then I quote tweeted, it'll never get old. And that was the day after Putin, of course, invaded, Af- or not Afghanistan, Putin invaded um, Ukraine. Your response was, and let me know if, if, if this has changed at all. I'll just read, I'll just read the, the exchange. I pray he bombs the shit out of the Russians. That is what you want, Joe, right? World War III. I said, no. What I want is transparency when it comes to the Ukraine situation. Biden has a lot of skeletons in his closet when it comes to that country. He should have had to release the transcript from the call with Zelensky he had with him weeks ago. We really don't know what's happening. I mean, the last administration was under quite a lot of scrutiny when it came to Ukraine on foreign policy. For some reason, Biden can lose two democracies under his watch and no one will really care. And then just to wrap it up, you said, I honestly think we should do what Clinton did in Bosnia. No ground troops, just bomb the Russians to force them to withdraw. My response, we couldn't stop the Taliban from taking back Afghanistan and you want us to attack a nuclear power. Why are we attacking them again? Remember, the media was saying just a month ago, the Democrats defeated the GOP on sanctions for the Russian gas pipeline. Has your, on Ukraine, have you... Well, when it comes to Ukraine, I, you know, I think at some point we have, you know, we have given them all the weapons they need to fight Vladimir Putin. Do we need to send troops there? No, absolutely not. Nobody needs to go on the ground. Do we, do I believe they now have the tools to fight for their own country and for their own democracy and, or whatever, you know, you see things now, is it a democracy in Ukraine? We don't really know. But what I know is that, yes, in the, in the, our, we're $43 trillion in debt. We can't be afford to keep spending all this money in Ukraine, and we definitely can't put our troops on the ground there. You know, when I was talking about Bosnia, and I'm talking specifically about Russia, they've always been a geopolitical foe. 
they've been a geopolitical foe since we've been kids, right? It's always been that way. It's always been the U.S., Russia, China. We've always kind of spatted with each other. China owns most of our debt now at this point, so it, that's a national security risk at this point. But yes, Joe, no, Ukraine has become a money pit just like it was when Reagan went into Afghanistan in the 80s and, and in your supplied defense, the Taliban, Taliban with weapons to fight the Russians in Afghanistan. Look, is it the same situation? I don't know. But I know this. At some point, we have to cut off the money. We have supplied them with planes. We have supplied them with the bombs. We have given them the military aid. Now is the time for us to kind of sit back. we got a much more dire situation in Israel with Hamas than we do in Ukraine right now. And that needs to be a bigger priority than Ukraine. Ukraine, is we take enough resources and enough time. It, it is time for us to draw back and let the UN handle that at this point. And in your defense, I want to say, because these tweets were taken literally from the first, I don't even think they were at war for a week yet. So there is a fog of war. We don't know what's going on. Do you think maybe the media and maybe the Biden administration, because Americans are very patriotic and they'll do anything in the name of patriotism, was trying to get us involved using something like that? Because a lot of Americans were pretty gung-ho when they invaded a country that we weren't even an ally with. Do you think the media has some blame for this whole Ukraine thing? Well, I think they definitely jumped all over it at first. You know, I, I think they, they used it as a ploy to, you know, there are a lot of things I don't agree with President Trump on. You guys know that. But, you know, I, I agree with him, you know, but I don't agree with the way the media pa paints him a lot of things. He did do some good things. He did have some good policies, right? So the media definitely, you know, they have their rhetoric. Fox News is the same way. CNN, MSNBC, they're all about selling airtime. They're all about selling ads. Right. So when you do that, I, I believe they went in. Look, we were sitting. I know I and when after we bombed Afghanistan and went to Iraq, I remember sitting in Mr. Kelmar's class watching us bomb Baghdad. And I'm, the entire class, except like one person was cheering as we're bombing Iraq, you know, during Operation Iraqi Freedom. And so, yes, you're right. Americans have always been proud and we've always been the ones that have always kind of stood up to the dictators and the bad guy it's always kind of been our job to police the world and you know some ways maybe we need to draw back on that now you know i'm not saying go into complete isolationism because that won't work either but you know national security has to be first the homeland security has to be first here you know we, we have to concentrate on our borders you know, we have to concentrate on rebuilding our military let alone supplying military aid to other countries we need to concentrate on rebuilding our military protecting our borders and also bringing back manufacturing. So in case we do have a major situation, we can actually manufacture our own bombs and our own planes in America and not have to rely on a third third party uh, country to do that. Okay. Um, and lastly, uh, and then we'll move on from Ukraine on to MAGA, the next, the next category. Do you think Joe Biden and him and his son's ties through Burisma to Ukraine has anything to do with how all this money and he, he is just so in support and we can't know anything about this why we're just sending so much money to ukraine do you think maybe ukraine and china have something on joe biden are you at are you at that i point? don't know if they have something on joe biden but i know this they want to go after taiwan and so if they can keep him tied up in a place like ukraine and keep him keep him deflating the books and keep keep that money flowing into another country they they can turn the other cheek while china you know, is going into places like Taiwan. Look, 
everybody knows that the ploy is that Russia is going to go and invade Poland if they get through Ukraine. Look, I don't think Putin or anybody else is stupid enough to go in and invade a U.N. nation. Because at that point, they're not just an attack in America. They're attacking all of Europe. At that point, it would cause World War III. So, and I don't think Putin is ready for that. And I don't think, you know, but looking at China, like they're making, trying to make us turn our eyes. You know, look, they, they, they buy up our junk bonds. They're buying up our farmland. They're buying up our steel plants. Look, they're putting one in out. They're saying it's a first generation Chinese in Aliquippa. Look, I love Mayor Walker and, and I love what he's doing in Aliquippa. But come on, like it's, it is a Chinese steel plant. Even my dad, who's a union guy of, who just retired from the union after 40 years is sitting there saying, we're going to take a deeper look at this folks. Like, you know, is this really an American or is this guy, is this company based in China and they're just using an American as a front? Look, I, I agree. You know, that that's why I look at it right now. Okay. Um, and now we're gonna move on. Plan. I never thought about that, uh, Steve, but you bring up a good point there. Um, what that's a $200 million investment. I think it is. Uh, down along the river there in Aliquippa. So, yeah, that's something to to watch for, you know. Um, and speaking of China, if you're ever going to go after Taiwan, if you want to take Taiwan, then you're going to do it this year. Like, you know, you're going to do it under a Biden administration. Well, and you're going to do it because this country is so divided amongst each other. They're going to be this country. If they go after it, it's a perfect time. You know, it's going to be the Trump wins the nomination, which is, is most likely to happen. You know, some people don't want it to happen. But, but it's most likely to happen. You know, it's just going to be uh, the same crap that it always is. It's going to be all Roe versus Wade. It's going to be, there's going to be a nuclear war, you know, dictatorships, all these other things, right? The same talking points in 2020, the same talking points in 2016. They're going to run just like they ran in 2016 and just like they ran in 2020. But I'm not buying it anymore. Yeah. And I'll let Joe transition, talk about MAGA, but you brought up a good point here. Speaking of, of Trump, in abortion. This is from Sarah Inamorado on X uh, yesterday, Joe. There was a picture from the P Democratic Party on X. Did you see this? It says, today in Pittsburgh, the PA Dems and our Democratic colleagues held a, they spelled colleagues wrong, held a press conference. Reproductive freedom is on the ballot this year, and we're making sure that every single Pennsylvanian knows a vote for Trump is a vote for a national abortion ban. Hashtag Roe v. Wade. And then there's Sarah Inamorado, Summer Lee, and two other women with the signs that say stop Trump's abortion ban. I think this is complete misinformation. I don't think Donald Trump ever said that he's going to propose an abortion ban. Nope, I think he just like changed his stance on abortion uh, in the last exactly. couple of months. So this is a complete ploy by the Democrats. They're going, this is the only thing they have to run on, like literally is abortion and women's rights. And they're going to hammer this and hammer it because that's, they know that they can get, they can galvanize their base and galvanize women to vote for Democrats if they talk about abortion. So Trump, Trump has made it, you know, like I said, there's things, but he has made it clear. He, he's not going to put in a national ban. He, they, he's done what he needed to do. He went to the Supreme court and they've given it back to the States. The reason, and that's part of the reason Sarah Imrata won this county executive race, because for the last eight weeks after labor day, for the last nine to eight to 12 weeks, they ran on that Joe Rocky was going to ban abortion in Allegheny County, and that is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. You know, what is it going to be? Pencil so it's going to go from Pennsylvania down to Allegheny County? Like, first off, Pennsylvania would have to ban it, and then it would have to go down to Allegheny County. But, like, Sam DeMarco, our Republican at-large member, Sam DeMarco, and chair of the GOP here in Allegheny County said, 
you know, the state supersedes the county and the federal government supersedes the state, right? So uh, that argument is way out there. And the state, that there's gonna, else, and everybody knows if they talk about this, the Republic, most Republicans know if they talk about a national abortion ban, they're going to get slaughtered up and down the ballot in places like Pennsylvania, Virginia, and a lot of the swing states. And it's not going to do well for anybody, even Dave McCormick and Donald Trump. Good points. I mean, you're not wrong. You're 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 definitely not wrong. But they have nothing we, else. We can't talk about talk about those issues as Republicans. We Republicans win when we talk about the economy, and we've let the Democrats completely control this, control the conversation by talking about banning books and talking about women's rights and talking about abortion, and we are not talking about anything that affects everyday life. Republicans win when they talk about the when they talk about the economy. To quote. You know, James Carville from all those years ago when Bill Clinton was running for president. It's the economy, stupid. And, you know, that's where it's at right now. And that's what we need to talk about. We want to win. We got to talk about the economy. People are hurting. And they're getting, and like I said, Sarah was getting crushed on the economy. She was getting crushed on the crime in the city. She was getting crushed on the economy. George Soros tried to buy this seat in Allegheny County. And the voters said, no way. We're going with Steve Zapata. Um, so, you know, they want to keep talking about these issues, fine. But you know what? We got to talk about the economy and we're going to make sure people know that we have their backs and we're going to make it easier for their everyday lives and we're going to get inflation down. Like Dan Bongino says, Kat, it's not bad enough yet. So, all right, Joe. All right, let's, let's, let's talk about MAGA because Steve's not MAGA yet. He's, I think he said he was for Nikki Haley, which is fine. It's a primary. You could be for whoever you want. Uh, I'm going to read a, I, th I believe it was our last exchange before you blocked me and, you know, water over the bridge now, who really cares? So I want to get your thoughts on this now <laughs> from you on X to me. Um, actually, I believe it was just your, I responded to you. Dear Republican friends, if you truly love this country as much as you claim you do, take your party back from MAGA and the cult members that follow the MAGA movement. Until you do, no one is ever going to take you seriously again. And then I responded, if you cared about this country at all, you called for Creepy Joe's removal now. Why won't you? Aren't you supposed to be his base? If not, then who is Biden, Joe Biden's base? And sure enough, a few months later, you actually don't support Joe Biden. So it's like we almost come full circle. And I'm sure you, I'm sure some things were said in anger or whatever. I'm sure you don't think we are cultist anymore. And a lot of that is the mainstream media. Look, I have a lot of friends that are mega. I have a lot of friends. I'm personal friends with one of Donald Trump's attorneys. Uh, I work side and side with him. That was one of his election attorneys here in Pennsylvania in 2020 um, and in 2016. Look, I understand people have their ideas. MAGA is a movement. Is it a cult? Some people call it a cult. I don't anymore. It's just a group of people who are united behind a candidate that are that are passionate about their candidate, that are passionate about the vision for the country as they see it, right, or as a group of people see it. You know, you could say the same thing. If you want to talk about cults, you could say the same thing about the Democratic Socialists, who, by the way, as of this morning, you know, we've there's a story that broke that they're going bankrupt over the Hamas stuff. So I couldn't be happier about that myself. Um, but no, like, I look at it this way. You know, do I agree with some of the stuff? Uh, yes. Do I disagree with some of the stuff? Yes. You know, I've always looked at myself. I've always been considered myself a moderate. I, I'm a hardcore centrist. I always have been a hardcore centrist, you know, I'll, I'll never change in that way, in that way. But do I believe that 
MAGA is any different than any other political movement in the past, whether it was Reagan, Reagan was Kennedy in the 90s, you know, what, whatever it may be, you know, Kennedy in the 60s, not the 90s, my bad, or Obama in 08, you know, we look at Obama in 08, that was a huge movement in 08, you know, so it's a movement at this point, right? So you have people, it's kind of just like the far right of the party at this point. And so, you know, and, and that's okay. It's okay to have different views. That's why we're America. That's what makes that's what makes this country great, is that we can have a difference of opinion on, on who we want for president or who we want to be our leaders and how we want them to go about it. You know, at the end of the day, we just need to make sure things are getting done for everybody. Okay. Um let's a few before we move on to your predictions for New Ham for New Hampshire tonight, uh I gotta ask some of the conspiracy theories over the last couple years. We just saw a court hearing where a Michigan professor hacked a Dominion voting machine using only a pen and was able to switch vote totals in front of the judge. Do you think this election, the 2020 election that the media has called the most legitimate election in history, do you think there was anything there? Or do you think that Joe Biden got 81 million legitimate votes? Where are you at on that? Do I think the election the people picked and was legitimate? Yeah, because I, I've been in the rooms. You know, I've been down in the warehouses. I've seen, I, I've never personally experienced a Dominion machine myself, but I've seen how it's done in Pennsylvania with the paper ballots and stuff like that in a lot of places. And, and so I've been in the room and I, but how I do you watched. explain? How do you explain though them pausing the, the count in, in, well, them calling Arizona at like 9 p.m.? And knowing that Arizona was won for Biden, but then pausing the vote in seven states to count mail-in ballots, I believe Trump was up by like 600,000 votes. It was like 30 points. It was something crazy in Pennsylvania. And then all of a sudden, in some counties, we had more votes come in than there were people in the county, registered voters. I just don't understand how you could call this. I mean, we're not going to argue the, the 2020 election on this whole episode here, this whole. Okay, it's that that election is the past that we need to move forward. And part of the. You know, I don't think we can move forward until we solve 2020. That's my opinion, because how can you move forward if it could be if our we had two elections in a row that were considered illegitimate? 2016. Well, I know. I know in 20. I know here in Allegheny County, for instance, all of our ballots are paper at this point and they can be traced. They each have an individual's unique barcode that that goes ahead. And when you scan that into a machine, it's no longer you can go in the machine, you press the machine, you press the vote. And the oppression Donald Trump, but it's registering Joe Biden. And we have that extra security now where you can actually confirm your vote and review that ballot as you're doing it again. Confirm. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Before you submit that, you know, I, I think it, part of the solution is we do need to go back to all paper ballots. You know, I I, I think that is, I think that is the biggest thing we need to do in this country is go back with an electronic, you know, with an electronic backup on tape. I watched in 2018 in a recount down in Washington County. Not many people knew. I was working on uh, I was uh, working on the House District 39 after HD 48. We had a special an election down there, right? And so I watched how hundreds hundreds of votes were thrown out in 2018 that then all of a sudden counted in 2020 because those votes in 2018 had a bad had a bad date, had a missing signature. The ballot was spoiled, whatever it may happen, right? But now those ballots counted in 2020 over lawsuits and sued to count every ballot. Well, why have rules and deadlines on when you can vote if you can't, if you don't follow them, right? We followed them in 2018. Why do we change the rules in 2020? It would make me feel, you bring up a good point, but it would make me feel better, Kat, 
if Pennsylvania had pre-canvassing like Florida and all of these mail-in votes were counted before they started tabulating all the in-person votes. That way there's no, you know, shenanigans at 2 a.m. You're still counting ballots, mail-in ballots. They should already be counted and already done with by the time the polls close. That was to be included like Georgia. in the last election bill when they put that bill through uh, back in 20... I want to say it was 2022 they tried to put that bill through that counties could pre-canvass. They could start pre-canvassing and they could count all... And you know what? They do that in Allegheny County now. Uh, if you'll notice at 9 o'clock when the polls close in Allegheny County, the first set of results are pretty 95 to 97% of the mail-in ballots are counted. Right. I would like to see that in places like Philadelphia County and, and some of these other bigger, smaller counties like Washington. You know, Washington's starting to do it now. Even Beaver County's starting to go in that direction where they're starting to canvas votes. The problem is, you know, you talk to the judge of elections and stuff like that. You go talk to these departments and, and the county, you know, well, let's go pre canvas. Great. Well, we need an extra 10 people to work. Uh, well, the problem is they go and hire temps, right? Or they don't want to hire anybody for those extra couple days a couple hundred bucks here, you know, a couple thousand dollars to pay for these people to be there for eight hours for a couple days. And that problem is solved. You know, instead they'd probably, they would rather go put in a drop box on a corner in, in Braddock, right. Instead of paying a couple thousand dollars to pre canvas instead. Interesting. Okay. Um, we got New Hampshire tonight. Uh, I just, before we're going to give you the floor because we only have about five more minutes left and whatever you want to say for Nikki Haley, I'm obviously supporting Trump. So in New Hampshire tonight, you could tell us why people should vote for Nikki Haley, I guess. And I'll tell you why you should vote for Trump. So in my opinion, Nikki Haley, Steve has no base. She doesn't have really a movement. It's all rhinos and Dems that don't want Biden or Trump. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but look no further than, than you. You're a former Democrat now working for the, the Koch brothers. I know that myself and others like me, we do this for free. And there's nothing against you working for the Koch brothers. That's not the issue. Man's got to do what he's got to do. But we do this for free because we're part of an actual movement. I make the memes for free. I tweet on Twitter on X because it's an actual movement, a movement that wants to save America, a movement that started in 2015. And has been growing ever since for nearly 10 years. Nikki Haley has none of that. She only has the media and big donor money to allow her to be shoved down her throats. So why would you vote? Why should we vote for Nikki Haley, who is, in my opinion, a globalist and is going to get us involved in a war? Floor is yours. Well, one, I don't. Nikki Haley's husband is a veteran. He's actually deployed right now uh, somewhere. New, we don't know where, but we know he's somewhere over in the Middle East uh, right now. He's deployed. Um, so I don't think she wants to send her husband or anybody else into combat, right? Uh, uh, two, you know, I think that people, you know, 70% in every major poll it's shown, 70% of Americans do not want a Donald Trump, Joe Biden rematch. You know, they want, and I think the reason why I, I you know, we looked at, at Ron DeSantis drops out of the race. And within six hours of Ron DeSantis dropping out of the race, Nikki Haley had over, 50,000 donations up to, which totaled up to half a million dollars, you know, going, going to her pack from all over the country, small money donors, not big money, but small money grassroots donations. Right. So I, I think that Nikki's an alternative to, to both of these candidates. 
I, I think a lot of people just want to move past the past eight years. They want to move past Biden. They want somebody younger. You know, I remember when we elected 40 year olds and 50 year olds to the White House and not 80 year olds. Right. You know, I think it's just a matter of. In my opinion, I wish Ron DeSantis, you know, probably would have been the nominee in the first place. I believe that Trump had his time and, and, and he did what he did. But the possibility of him winning re-election is not great. You know, I don't I know we can look at the polls and the polls can say this and the polls can say that. But I don't see that many people, even Republicans that voted for Trump, that voted against Trump in 2020, turning around and voting for Trump again. They're either just not going to vote or they're going to throw a vote to somebody like Bobby Kennedy. Why should you vote for Nikki Haley? It's simple. Nikki Haley's a fresh voice. She's fresh. She's changed. Yes, she was governor of South Carolina for eight years. I get that. You know, and you can call her the political establishment. But, you know, look, look at Trump. He's now endorsed by people who have been in Congress for a decade or more. And so, you know, I look at things and I think she'd bring a fresh perspective. Do I think she would be tough on Putin? Do I think she'd be tough on China? Absolutely. Do I think uh, Trump is going to be tough on China? Absolutely. Any U.S. president is going to be tough on China, other than maybe Joe. Joe hasn't been that tough on China. That's a reality of the situation. But I think that's what it comes down to with me is that I just want somebody to move on from these past eight years of the Biden. And I want somebody new. I want somebody fresh. I want somebody from another generation. You know, I talked about the debt this morning. I'm tired of us paying the boomers debt. I'm tired of us letting the boomers still run this country. It's time for a new generation to step up the lead and move us in the new direction. And that's why I support Nikki Haley. Okay. I think we, we're not going to, we can't deny that 2024 is going to be a crazy year. Uh, we don't know. It, I don't know if this primary will go past New Hampshire, if it'll go to South Carolina or all the way to the convention. No one can predict that, but we love having you on. We wouldn't mind having you on again because you're now a Republican, but you're almost on the other side of the aisle of Republicans, but you give good perspective and we like to keep it fiery, but peaceful. For our debates. Well, look, you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I've always said I'm a Romney Republican. You know, that that's what I am. I've always been a Romney, Reagan Romney Republican. That's what I've always been. You know, Republican wise, and I was always a, I always said I was a, a Reagan Democrat. I've always been a conservative Democrat. I've never been a what you would consider a, a left wing or a liberal in the Democratic Party because I'm pro life. I'm I'm pro gun. You know, and a lot of issues. You know. To be honest, the only thing that really kept me in the Democratic Party for years was the support of the unions. And now I see more and more Republicans supporting the union movement. So I'm more comfortable moving, you know, people like Josh Kell, Elder Vogel, uh, Tim O'Neill, uh, you know, former Speaker Terzai. You know, I look at those people and I say, look, they're now the, re the, the union movement is now 50-50 pretty much when it comes to registration with rank and file and leadership where that 50%, a lot of the, the building trades are now now going leaning Republican as opposed to Democrat, because they realize that the Green New Deal is a failure, and they realize that the demo, certain Democrats are coming, that are winning primary elections, are coming for their jobs. So that, that you know, that's what I've been. Do, do I see myself ever being uh, a modern day, you know, what you consider a modern day, you know, Republican? I, I don't know. Because I've all, like I said, I've always been a hardcore centrist. I've always been fans of people like, you know, Joe Manchin and, and Romney. And they don't exist. Just like Blue Dog Democrats don't exist anymore. This is MAGA. And I, I have to say, 
when these rhinos, welcome to the Republican Party, have been watching it for a long time. When these rhinos finally disappoint you enough times and when they show you their true colors, there's plenty of room on the MAGA bus. Come right <laughs> up. We will welcome you with open I appreciate arms. that. We will welcome you with open arms because these people will let you down. They're, it's the Uniparty. And it took me 20 years to realize it, but I realize it. Well, look, you know, I, I joked around the other day. You know, let, let's be honest. I joked around. Oh, I joked around the other day. Um, you told me 20 years ago that Melissa Hart would end up being one of my best friends. You know, I, I would have told you were nuts because I worked so hard to campaign to get her out of there with Congressman Altmeyer. But Melissa Hart has become a dear friend of mine. And, and you know, we talked just that we text probably, you, you know, we, she's a dear friend. I consider her a dear friend. Now Do we talk every day. No, but you know, when we're, you know, we're together at different events, we, you know, we come up to each other, we talk, we give each other a hug 20 years ago. That never would have happened, you know, in my life. So, you know, I'm still evolving in my political views and I'm still trying to figure out exactly where I lie on the political spectrum. But I know this, I'm more comfortable being a Republican uh, for the rest of my life than I would be being aligned with the Democratic Party. Well, hey, great interview. As always, Catman, you have, a, you have an age of day since high school. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming on. It's a, it was a great talking to you again. Uh, you know, to our listeners, we're, we've been, us three, we've been friends for a very long time. So it's it's good to get your perspective and we'll definitely have you back on. No, I mean, I like I said, I, lo I love doing this, guys. You know, just give me a heads up because I've been busy. You know, we, we've got to, you know, and tonight, you know, I'm looking forward to New Hampshire. You know, do I do in my heart of hearts, do I think Nikki's going to win? Prediction, right? Now. Right now, I'm putting like a 30% chance of Nikki winning. But, you know, I think she can give it a run. You know, I think she'll give him a run. And I think she's going to stay in. Well, I think she's going to stay until at least Super Tuesday. Uh, and I think maybe after Super Tuesday, she might drop. But, you know, look, look, I mean, we've already seen the – there's an endless cash flow of money from AFB action. So, you know, as long as she has that coming in, you know, I, I just don't see her dropping out. I think what she's trying to do is she's trying to uh, try to keep Donald honest, you know, I, to remind him that there are still people in the Republican Party that would like to see certain things done certain ways. Before we head out, prediction. I say 59 to 38 Trump. What's your prediction? Right now, I'm going to go the Iowa route. If she does, if Trump wins, it's going to be 51-49. And I think it's the same way if Nikki wins, it's 51-49. Okay. Well, we'll find out in a... No, all I'm going to say is Trump was calling an 80% victory in Iowa and he ended up with 50%. So 51%. Hey, no, one can predict, so. no one can predict it. It's just like sports gambling. It's just like the NFL, everything else. We don't know what the voters are going to do. We really don't. They could go up, wake up today. I know this turnout's up in New Hampshire. Turnout's huge. But, you know, to say that a race, this is what I will say. To say that a race is over when 50,000 people vote, you know, voted in favor of a candidate when literally, 70,000 people vote, 70,000 less people voted in Iowa than voted for Joe Rocky for county executive in Allegheny County. And when it was down 300,000 votes from 2016 caucus, it just got to make you wonder why did there were, why was there a 300,000 vote drop in the Republican primary? They all died during 2016. COVID. They all died during COVID. That's why. <laughs> oh yeah probably according to biden he probably yeah donald trump probably killed all of them so well thank you very <laughs> much for your time cat all right buddy pleasure. Pleasure. i'll talk to you soon keep in touch